1: Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. It's the very first day of the Thiefies and our hero's heist plan is already underway. Will Bryn find the identity of the Fighter's Guild Champion in time? Is Quinny going to be able to make Bobbert the talk of the casino? Can Bobbert even win a duel with the Fighter's Guild Champion? Find out next on Dum Dumbs and Dragons.
2: You still got a lot of time today, obviously. The fight is coming up in the evening. I'm going to say it's 10 42 uh, a.m. So how would
3: you like to go about this? I probably want to go to the uh, casino floor. Alan, you going with Quinny?
4: Yeah, I mean, eventually I want to make it up to where my dad is because I want to find out from the conjurers if they're the ones who have kind of whisked away our soul stones.
2: You head up past uh, the floor that you're staying on to the top floor of the West Tower, and it opens up onto um, sort of a large uh, casino floor. I think very much like it's sort of a Monte Carlo style casino, so very classy. You notice that uh, the color patterns are very similar to uh, what Annan is wearing and what Chaz's little like goblin pimp coat looks like. So lots of gold, lots of reds. But, you know, a classy affair. So there's no fantasy equivalents of machines dinging and shit. It's a lot of dice and cards and uh, games of chance. Quinny, you recognize a lot of the games. You've played them before. Mm-hmm. There's a game of Crocodile Dentist going on over in the corner. Oh, yeah. So, you know, lots of thieves' favorite games. Sure. Alan, this is uh, this is pretty exciting for you because despite the recent revelations and the fact that you've got VIP access, this is probably the most plush, rich place you've been. You're not used to seeing this much luxury on display. Yeah, I don't like it. These are your people now, Alan. So yeah. I don't like (laughs) it. As you come out onto the floor, you're greeted by a staff member of uh, the Mirage who uh, explains how you can change gold for chips and kind of how all that works. She hands you each five chips. Hey, welcome to the casino. Like, welcome to the Thiefies, courtesy of the Wanderers. There are a variety of games of chance going on. There's a singer just kind of like singing a fairly innocuous tune to a Lute, quoth style, over in the corner. Um, And uh, yeah, that's where you are probably want to sit down so we can chat. Maybe a blackjack table? There are three blackjack tables. One of them looks to be a pretty intense game. Not a lot of talk, a lot of fast action. Mm. One of them seems to be a fairly casual game. It seems to be a bit of a friendlier attitude. You get the sense that maybe it's some old friends playing rather than uh, harsh rivals. And another table seems to be an odd mix of experts and beginners. And you suspect that the experts are fleecing the beginners. I think I'll take that third table then. Third table? After okay. i are
4: yeah. just going to come along. I have no idea what this is at all.
1: You're just going to be that like person who lurks over yeah. gambling table? Pretty much. Everyone's favorite person in a casino. (laughs) Alan's literally my grandmother at a casino. Oh, the lights.
2: (laughs) You sit down. The dealer is a stout dwarf with like extraordinarily large glasses. So there are four positions at the table. Position one. You've got a very well-dressed orc, and you can kind of tell that from the way he's speaking, but obviously his face is blurred. Again, the features kind of shift in and out a bit, but it's enough that you're just looking at a smudge. Right, okay. You are in position number two. In position number three, there is a female human, very short, like wearing a lot of jewelry, definitely showing off wealth in a way that not a lot of thieves do. And in the fourth position is a human man who seems to be having a great time. He's very frazzled. You know, it's like someone who has a suit they've worn one too many times without cleaning it. Can you roll me a perception check, please?
3: 15 perception. You're
2: just coming into the game, so it's a little difficult to tell exactly what's going on. You get the sense that the lady probably knows the most. She seems to be the most confident. You can't get a good read on the orc, and you think that the frazzled guy is being fleeced, but you're not sure. I think I'm just going to see how this next hand plays. Can you roll me a dice, please? 15. You're very confident with the hand you've been dealt. Okay. The orc, again, you can't really get a read on him. The one with the jewelry seems to sort of be fairly confident, but is staying. And uh, the other guy looks a little bit hapless and he's kind of looking to the three of you to see if he can ascertain whether he should hit or stay. And he decides to hit. First time at the thief, he's there, friend? Oh, uh, me? No, no, no. I, I've, I've come for years. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm a big deal. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, huge deal. Oh, tell Every, everybody yourself. knows me about me.
3: Well, I, I mean, I can't, you know, thieves, thieves honor and stuff.
2: But, yeah, that seems like a, a first-timer question to me. It huh?
3: absolutely is, definitely. Yeah, yeah. My it's, first time looking to you know make some friends, make some connections. The orc kind of like chuckles under his breath. The uh, human woman kind of turns and regards
2: you for the first time. It's like, wow. Well, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't declare this is their first time at the Thiefies. I happen
3: to uh, gain admittance under special circumstances. Special um, circumstances. I'm part of the wildcard team. Oh, the wildcard team. Yeah. And the orc like, claps you on the shoulder and he's that's like, right. oh, that's
2: uh, that's well done. And the Frazzled guy's like, oh, man, we tried for the wild card for uh, f- a few
3: years. It broke up my crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. It can be tense, you know. It's not for uh, the faint of heart, you know, but you're here, right? So you made it.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks through his cards. The dealer has you all uh, show, and uh, the house has one. And how badly did that human lose? Pretty badly. He shouldn't have hit right, at okay. all. He was probably sitting on like all right. 20, and he's like, uh, give me
3: one more. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> what is his quote-unquote name or identifier? His identifier is a three-leaf clover. So, uh, clover, huh? Uh, yep, that's me, good old three-leaf. Three leaf clover. I like that. Kind of like you make your own luck, right? No, no, that's what the clover's for. I I think it's four leaf clovers that are (laughs) inherently lucky.
2: Like the orc is kind of like nodding sadly, and the woman is just kind of ignoring him with a smirk on her face. Mm. Think it's too late to get another leaf added to this? Probably, yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) sure, okay, then I do make my own luck, like you said. I thought, yeah, I think that's a good attitude. Yeah, this, this, this guy's all right.
3: My own luck. Oh, Jesus. Hey, speaking of making your own luck, are you looking forward to the big fight uh, later on? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've
2: noticed, but uh, the house is really good at cards and craps. And roulette. You know what? The house has been really good at everything today, and uh, you know I, I make my own luck, so I'll, like I'm, I'm sure I'll come back. But uh, I'm hoping to win some some of the money I lost back at the fight. It's been a bad day for you
3: for at, at the tables. Well, I think it's been a bad day for everyone. And, like the woman and the orc are just like shaking their heads. I like look at their towers of chips.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: so I think you and I should talk. Oh you know, wait, like
2: like sneaky sneaky thief talk. Yeah, yeah. The woman like looks at his like dwindling pile of chips and looks at your rat skull and like the unseen hand thing. He's like, "Oh man, you like you work for them and you're okay, gentlemen." Seems like you have business to conduct. So um, here, you take my seat. I'll take yours. Perfect. You switch seats. Uh, it's easy to do because you only have five chips. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, four yeah. chips now, so it's
3: easy. Uh, <laughs> easy to just swap that over. Man, look around this casino. The house is winning all over the place. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Look, I'm going to give it to you straight. I happen to know about a a sure thing in the fight coming up. Sure thing? Yeah. All right, well. The contender for the Thieves' Guild. Have you heard about him? No. Goes by the name The Forsaken. Oh, that's so cool. It's a badass name. Oh, man, wait. (laughs) Does he dress in black? He does dress in black. Oh, that's so cool. He's got, like, hell armor.
2: Oh, that's amazing. I bet he understands the darkness inside all of
3: us. I mean, better than anyone, I think. And the orc looks gently upset. And, like, looks
2: down at his three skull
3: (laughs) icon and is thinking to himself, like, oh, I knew I should have gone with one more skull. Anyway, you didn't hear it from me, but he's going to win. Look look around. Like, everyone's losing to the house, right? Yeah. So why don't we all kind of get in on the action, right? I mean, that makes sense. You have friends here at the Thiefies, right? Sure. Let's go with that. (laughs) We'll spread the word, okay? All right, I will. All right, I'll see you at the big fight. Yeah, cool. The Forsaken. And he's, like, going to find, like, the, he's going to see if there's, like, a merch shop where he can get, like, a Forsaken t-shirt. To summarize, I'm going to every table that I, I, as a thief, can spot, like, a Rube at and tell him the same story and tell him, like, spread the word, man. We're all going to get in on a bit of this action together. So, can you roll me, please, a preparation check? So, that's a total of six. <laughs>
0: Quinny's done so bad at talking <laughs> up the Forsaken that everyone bets for the Fighters what, Guild. It's not like, being our money. <laughs> I
3: didn't realize I was talking to a house plant this whole time.
0: <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> Alan, during this conversation, I assume you're kind of like looking around the casino floor?
0: At this point, I'm like,
4: what is gambling? And I'm just, tra- <laughs> I'm literally just like trying to learn the rules of all the games and what's going on because I've totally been sidetracked okay, by that. Can
3: you roll me a perception check, please? Sure. We are rolling good. Alan and Quinny. Seven. Team Trigger Cake. You're pretty sure
2: that poker is a game about matching colors. (laughs) No. Because you've seen a lot of that. Poker is uno. Oh, no. (laughs) So you, after, you know, Quinny's kind of making your way around the room, you're like, all right, Alan, this is my chance. (laughs) So you sit down and to your surprise and pleasure, you get four reds and a black. That's pretty good. Yeah, so I think you just slide your chips all in. You don't know that other cards are shown. You're just like, this is what (laughs) I've got. And the other players at the table are looking at you in gentle horror, but then they see the VIP chip and they're like... Ooh, one of them folds, two of the other ones go all in. As it turns out, you had a great hand, <laughs> so you're going to win 50 chips.
4: <laughs> Yay! But
2: you're now convinced you know how to play <laughs> oh, poker. no! What else are you doing?
4: Is there like a high rollers table?
2: Yes, absolutely.
4: What's the buy-in for that?
2: I think the assumption is you'll be able to cover, I think if it goes up. Uh, but yeah, you've got 50 chips, you could probably...
4: Come on. I won this one. His hands are hot. I've got it.
2: Yeah. Great. So, Quinny, to your horror, (laughs) you just hear as you walk by four reds, (laughs) Uh, and then (laughs) she just sweeps up
3: chips and storms the high roller section. (laughs) My pupils dilate. My hair stands on end. I cash out immediately and like sprint to try and stop her. (laughs) Quinny's rube sense is really (laughs) tingling. (laughs)
2: Um, I need you to both roll me in a pose check. Alan, if you could please add your intelligence and Quinny, you can add your dexterity. Thirteen. Nineteen. Quinny, despite how determined Alan looks, you are just like sprinting over tables, like sliding under <laughs> tables. You get to her just as she reaches the velvet rope. Hey, uh, what's
3: up? What are you doing, Alan?
4: Ooh, I won all of these. And I just basically spill the chips like into Quinny's hands so he can like believe it.
3: <laughs> this is from poker? One hand. One hand.
2: A large bouncer steps forward and is like, this area's for high rollers only. Uh, ma'am, I'll uh, take your chips. He, like, picks the chips out of your hands <laughs> and places them into, like, sort of a secure slot and says, uh, ma'am, come on in. He opens the velvet envelope, but definitely like, keeps a straight arm on on yeah, yeah. you. Like, no rabbles coming in.
4: You- I'll see you when I'm rich. What? Alan... <laughs> Wait! <laughs>
2: <laughs> the bouncer closes the velvet rope and a velvet curtain falls in front of you and a second curtain and a and third, a third curtain. curtain. Yeah, the third curtain's just for show though. Yeah. And then a cool kid comes out and pushes you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the curtain like falls into my face kind of. And then a uh, three leaf comes up and he's like,
2: yeah, they won't let me in there either. We're Aww. the same.
3: That's upsetting to hear. (laughs) Uh, So
2: meanwhile, um, Bryn, you're uh, waiting in the uh, common area on your floor for Annan to report back. You know, but you haven't let your compatriots know, Annan is one of several career hospitality people who work for Riker and that he basically ensures are working at whatever area the party's going to. What he doesn't know is that you've developed a fairly good connection with her, in particular since you've given her a favor token. Like, she's pretty well in your pocket. Mm -hmm. She comes back and explains that the security of... Of The Mirage is separate from the staffing, but she's able to tell you that there's a basement floor that is uh, accessible only with certain tokens handed out to the staff. She doesn't have one, but she thinks she knows where you can get one. The basement security floor is home to uh, some of the most important features of the building. So it's strictly off limits, even to her, since she's sort of a temporary staffer. From what she's heard and from the sort of connections, she's got like one of the waiters is dating one of the security guys. So like he was able to bring some information to be like, listen, here's the setup downstairs. So Anna relates to you that the basement has a few features um, that are of import. One is there's a standard Mirage staff locker room and change room for the sort of staff to take care of themselves. There is a large security room that's full of scrying pools, which are connected to all of the spiders that are wandering around the building. And perhaps most interestingly, there's something called the Dreamer's Pool. And Anon explains that the way the Mirage is able to change the Oasis floor on the regular is uh, through a team of five specially attuned psychics who are kind of in like a minority report style pool. I was going to (laughs) say. And uh, their job is to collectively dream whatever is supposed to be happening there room. So if it's uh, an arena, their job is to dream the arena.
0: And then this has been incredibly helpful. Well,
2: thank you. As you know, we love to serve. <laughs>
0: Do you think you could send that staff member who's dating the security member to talk to me? And Yeah, sure. I just want to talk to her about uh, her new relationship.
2: I don't believe that at <laughs> all. <man. laughs> But uh, yes, I will send her right up. Annan leaves you. So you're left with just kind of a couple uh, minutes on your own. You're kind of standing there waiting, and then behind you, you hear an elevator ding. The uh, waiter has arrived. Cut to Bobbert. It's a busy day, getting ready for the fight. However, Sergeant Sarge always has time for you, given that he does owe you a life debt, apparently. Apparently. Good use of stress. He agrees to meet you for a good old-fashioned gray water, early mid-afternoon drink at uh, one of the bars. Yeah, we're going to get brunk.
1: <laughs> That's when you get drunk during brunch. Brunch, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: But that
1: tracks. That's well, the classic Greywater breakfast. It's a good brunk. Let's get some mimosas. That's the massage I knew.
2: <laughs> you guys go up to the Great Hall. In the Great Hall, in sort of each of the corners of the room, there are bars. So you can just kind of like pull in. Each one has a bit of a different vibe. So there's like a tavern, there's like kind of an upscale bar. There's like the equivalent of a sports bar where there's someone who just like has a psychic connection to another psychic who watches sports and then just like really <laughs> rapidly tells you what's happening.
1: Um, and then there's just kind of a uh, coffee house. Let's go a tavern. for That feels the most right. I'm not so, fancy and I want to talk. I don't want to have a psychic yell at me uh, and coffee. <laughs> what the hell's the point? <laughs> so
2: you head over to uh, the corner that has sort of the tavern set up. And I mean basically all of these things are corporate versions of these things where it's like – They're all set up the same way, but they're themed differently. So you go to the Tavern 1...
1: They're serving coffee and a psychic yell sports at me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God.
2: A female dwarf comes out wearing the most stereotypically fantasy tavern wench outfit you've ever seen. And like puts down two tankards and is like, oh, looks like you boys could use some mead. And in Dwarvish, I say thank you and I love your beard. In Dwarvish, she's like, thank you so much. Honestly, people just want to speak Southern Dwarvish around
1: here. It's exhausting. I feel the same way. And not just here. Neverwinter We went to the pirate islands for a bit I found a crazy man on an island Everybody's southern dwarvish I tell you, Story of my life Well let's get you boys some mead oh, Agreed
2: Agreed uh, for the mead She brings over two tankards of mead And you get the sense that like she does like you Because you're speaking dwarvish But it's definitely in that like shitty I have to act like this way So you're not really sure uh, Can you roll me a perception check? Or a charisma check if you want to try and get her onside
1: Oh man I'm going full charisma Alright per- persuasion please Nat 20. She's like, ah, just black armor is so cool. Thanks. Tell everybody the Forsaken is a really good fighter. That's <laughs> such a cool name. Wow. I did not expect this to go over this well. She walks away <laughs> going
2: like, Mrs. Forsaken. <laughs> it's got a ring to it. After a few minutes, a small contingent of Greywater troops come up through the elevator, and Sarge peels off from them. Sarge looks a little worse for the wear than the last time you saw him. Command seems to be a, a stressful thing for him, obviously. This is a, this is a big deal for Greywater. But he sees you and, you know, he smiles a big, broad smile. So tell me, uh, what what does Sarge look like?
1: So Sarge is like 5'9". He's not short, but he's short compared to me. He's sort of like grizzly, like he's more wrinkly than he should be. And I've never known why, but it's not a question you can ask. So, of course, I asked it like five minutes in uh, and he was like (laughs) a lot of sun, like as a kid. Imagine if Tornado Town Terrence had a cousin. Who is like more jacked, like mm. just well fed and sort of sane, like like <laughs> almost totally normal, but still just a little bit off. Right. I mean, I healed him back during the donkey wars, but he never got quite back to 100%. So he's got like a hoof shaped scar Jesus. on on the right yeah. side of his face. But he's always got a twinkle in his eye, and he's always got a smile. That well, motherfucker part, likes
2: to party. <laughs> part of that twinkle's from getting kicked in the head.
1: <laughs> so he comes over and... Bobbert Tingler. Sergeant Sarge. Oh, please, you could just call me Sarge. And then we make out. Just yeah. for, uh, sorry, as as guess, is the, this, as, yeah, the, yeah. the
2: standard Greywater greeting. Otherwise it'd be weird. So he pats you on the back and he says, You know, I, I don't think I ever got a, a chance to properly thank you after uh, you saved me from Donkey Kong, the uh,
1: the leader oh, of the Donkey War. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget just standing raid with the full Greywater Syndicate and just thousands of screaming donkeys running at us over the hills. They may have been screaming when they
2: ran at us, but they weren't screaming when you were done with them. No, because they were dead. Yep, that's what I was going
1: for. We killed... <laughs> ah! We killed so many donkeys that day. So many donkeys, and
2: like somehow, even though you, you, like you're inside, it's like the sun is in the right place for you. To get like the blinds, like uh, Skinner. Let's just share God, a moment. Vietnam flashbacks, <laughs> uh, donkey
1: war flashbacks specifically. Pardon it's me. just, it's just by, my memory is just a wall of people being brought down by donkeys wearing Braveheart makeup, <laughs> and they keep praying like freedom, and I just Free- keep hitting them with <laughs> hitting them with a hammer, and just like. Tears are pouring (laughs) down my face, and I'm like, it doesn't have to be like this. You can carry stuff, we'll pay you. (laughs) I just keep crushing skulls.
2: So, was this secretly why you cared so much about hot ass back in the day?
1: Yeah, I fucked up about hot ass being gone. (laughs) It might be that that's where my whole obsession with helping animals started. Hmm. But also my (laughs) habit of killing them indiscriminately. Yeah. (laughs) It's a carryover that's faded. Let's not forget. (laughs) This all
2: tracks. (laughs) Um, So, uh, as the the moment finishes, Sarge adjusts his cape, which is made of donkey. Uh, Sits down and says, so, uh, it's one of those places where you have to go to the bar.
1: Oh, no, no, no. See, I got this one for you. And I give him the second beer. And I'm like, honestly, the server? Pretty on point. Hot dwarf. So uh, oh, you're going to like this place. I know, right. I know you're into that.
2: Man, I love hot dwarf bars. And he uh, drinks his beer very quickly and then kind of like gestures for another one. You can see the, the rest of the Greywater guys who are kind of like guarding the tavern are jealous. Like, this, this looks like a good time. But, you know, they're on on shift. And I, they're not the boss, so they can't get drunk.
1: Yeah, I, I spot our dwarf server. Uh, and I yell over in dwarvish, not southern dwarvish. Five beers,
4: please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's like, thank you so much for uh, yelling Fringa at me. And She comes over and she's just like, you know, it's like everyone only knows one phrase in Southern
1: Dwarvish, so they just always assume. Honestly... I've never wanted to say this before, but I feel like we're on the same page. I feel like it's made up. Like I feel like Southern <laughs> Dwarfish is just not a language. It's just Ooh,
2: listen. No, you, you can't. You can't say that. Like I understand, but like it's really insensitive
1: to the Southern Dwarves. Okay, so it's real.
2: I mean, I don't know, but I can't say anything. I'm a
1: Northern Dwarf. I feel like we can both say it right now, as long as we don't say <laughs> it again. Okay, I think it's made up. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, I was really worried I was the bad guy for a second. <laughs> you might still be. <laughs> you're, you're both bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you just talked about killing so many animals. Listen, um, they, star- they started the war. <sighs> the harbor attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured the donkeys storming boats and just killing women and children. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's that off the starboard bow?
2: <laughs> yeah. No,
1: it, it can't be. <laughs>
2: They're getting closer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they them, they called them ram ships. Uh, they would go up against a the side, then storm on board. The worst things was watching them take slaves, just carrying women and children on their backs into the hills. Donkey Kong just braying like a psychopath. I feel like there are <laughs> two very laugh, different half narratives, half narratives to this <laughs> war.
3: <laughs> there, there are two sides to, to, to every war.
1: Riding donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> There's two sides to every war, Tyler. <laughs> no, no, no. You watch a donkey tie up a woman and throw it on the back of another donkey while she yells for help, being carried tired? into the hills.
4: They don't have fingers.
1: It took several donkeys using their <laughs> mouths in concert. You were not at the donkey war. You were not at this table. Sometimes
4: and dragons, not sponsored by PETA.
1: Or donkeys. No. no. They were our biggest Patreon subscriber. I was going to say, in, in Neverwinter, PETA was actually the name of the security forces that tried to oppress the donkeys and then were all captured and murdered. Uh, this is all
4: getting cut, right?
1: <laughs> no, this is all in. Yeah, Let's all just say it together. Fuck PETA. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all just.
2: <laughs> For the record, yeah, fuck Peter. <laughs> like, I'm on board.
1: Oh, good God. All right, so. Um, that, that was the donkey's war cry. <laughs> <laughs> As they stormed PETA headquarters, murdered the men, and took the women and children for slaves.
0: We believe in having humans as pets.
1: (laughs) But they keep just saying it in donkeys. And in my memory, it's just, you know, Bob sitting at a table going, we couldn't save them all. (laughs) We couldn't save them all. (laughs) There were several that had converted. (laughs) Like, they were wearing fake donkey ears and, like, hauling things around. Well,
2: as I recall, the human rebel leader, Bottom, escaped into the hills, declaring that he was now a donkey man. So...
1: it's true. Future plot hook: He's the Benedict Arnold of the Donkey Wars. <laughs> yes,
2: the Benedict Arnold
0: of the Donkey Wars.
1: Anyway, Please back to talking about something else.
0: <laughs> yes, we we were planning something. Listen, I
1: want to be clear, just so I can make this clear. Tom and I were having a scene that was going somewhere, and we got interrupted by people with questions uh, who weren't present, who are now like, "Why are we diverted? Uh, I didn't interrupt your weird gambling." <laughs> Yeah, you did.
4: <laughs> That's also true.
3: May <laughs> not sound like it in the edit. <laughs> I'll go back. And oh, I'll
1: not this <laughs> Oh, boy. The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have Indicloud back as a sponsor. As Indicloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dank Sickles. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the US, were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Welcome back to my first advertisement! That's right, it's the Great Wizard Bukake here to talk to you about the Patreon of Dum Dums and Dice! It's an amazing opportunity for you to contribute to a show you enjoy and appreciate even more shows they're making elsewhere, too. For $1, you get access to the fan-only Discord and a pre-session video and post-session DM chat for each arc of Dum Dums and Dragons, including all the historical ones. At $5, you get a weekly tableside chat plus an ad-free feed where you don't have to hear any of us talking to you about Patreon or any other products that pop up. At $15 a month, you can name NPCs and submit names for places and things that have to get used in the show and mess with Tom. And at $25, you can create your own NPC that'll interact with our heroes and get a special thank you at the end of every episode. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today! So uh, what do you want to talk to Sarge about? So how, how's it run in security for the thiefies? I imagine this has got to be a nightmare for the guild, what with everyone in the building being a thief who will cheat at all times.
2: Oh, it, it is terrible. Like, we've already lost several swords, five hammers, eight shields.
1: One guy lost his pants. It is a free-for-all here. Listen, I kind of got to ask a favor. This probably isn't the environment because there's people around. Do you want your job back? I'm not going to say no. Is that on the table? It's always on the table for you, Bobbert. You saved my life. You truly are one of the loves of my life, my friend. Just know that. Just know that. He reaches out and squeezes your hand. It means so goddamn much to me because everything in life is so complicated now. And I yearn for the simple days of murdering donkeys and loving my Sarge. And I'm like, I need to find out where the thiefy is. And he kind of like withdraws his hand and he's like, oh, Bobber. No, like, I can't. I can't tell you that. But here's why I think you could. <laughs> All I need to know is that. I'm not going to ask about anything else about the security. I don't need to know a single other thing than the location. I feel like that's not a huge conflict of interest, Uh, except for the conflict of interest.
2: Pretty big conflict of interest, (laughs) I mean, Bobber, you remember our training on conflicts of interest, right?
1: It was three days, it was in the mountains. Honestly, I was hungover for two of them. I mean, I never paid attention at the conference. Oh, okay,
2: well, the gist of it was, if it's a conflict of interest, don't do it.
1: Do you know what was a conflict of interest for me? Discovering religion and saving your life and abandoning the Greywater Syndicate in pursuit of a goddess? But I did that because I love you. Uh, so how is Moonhammer? Not a... a a bitch, <laughs> <laughs> not a bitch. No, she's the worst. She's completely forsaken me. Hence, black armor hating myself. Oh, oh! I was wondering the troubled. forsaken
2: thing. That's, oh, you're troubled. Yeah, okay, no, all right. Yeah, definitely. I understand. I understand. Yeah.
1: Can you roll me a
2: preparation check, please, using charisma? Ten total. I can't tell you this, Commander. Potatoes would you'd have me fried if I if I fucked this up. So. All I can tell you is, and kind of like looks around and like kind of waves off the other Greywater guys. And he's like, they don't even trust us with it. It won't be on site until the day of. As I understand it, there's some powerful magic in this place. And uh, I think they're going to teleport it in for the ceremony.
1: Okay. Do you know where it gets teleported? Do you know what? You can't tell me. And then I take out a napkin. And I'm like, and I would never ask you to do anything, especially not if magic's involved. I wouldn't want you to ever get yourself in trouble. So let's just tell a, a story together. I know how you love storytelling, and I love storytelling. I do love
2: storytelling.
1: So let's imagine we were at a Fighters Guild event at a bank. Let's just give that a, a given. Let's not overthink this. And, and they were going to bring in the greatest banker award. And it was going to show up somewhere in the building. In the bank, I mean, I'm not creative with layout. So let's say the layout was very similar to this place. If you were running security where would you put the banking one and you can just i don't know draw draw it on the on the on the, on the this napkin we don't even need to say anything
2: it's a weird way of storytelling but i've always enjoyed graphic novels so sure he draws a stick figure and writes best quote quote banker quote quote guy runs guild and then puts it in his hand i think the best banker
1: at the fighters guild event would Riker's gonna get it. It's gonna teleport to Riker. (laughs) I love you so much. And then I just, uh, did I give you the golden stake, Quinny? Um, I did, didn't I? I still have my one? Yeah. All right. Then, even if I'm wrong, I have the golden (laughs) stake. I took it back from Quinny earlier. uh, And and I just give it to the Sarge and I say, thank you for your service.
2: I'll never forget you, Bobbert Tingler, my friend and
1: forsaken. and puts his hand on your shoulder, finishes his meet, and, uh, and goes. The moment they're all out of the room, I'm like, fucking nailed it. And then I go back to the hotel room. Okay. I, and on the way back, I go, oh, man, I'm sure everybody's killing it. Quinny told everybody about the fight in the casino. Brynn. Definitely found out who the other fighter was from her sources. So we're going to have no problem sorting this out. <laughs> Smash <laughs> cut to Alan at the high rollers table. <laughs> so you've gone all in because that seems to work for
2: you in Delta hand and all black.
4: All black.
2: You want to roll me a dice there? Add your intelligence, please. Eight. This is the best fucking hand you've <laughs> ever seen.
4: You know what? With four reds last time, I went all in, five blacks. It's got to be even better.
2: The uh, dealer throws down the rest of the cards. You have literally the worst possible hand in poker, and you are cleared out. The dealer's like, oh, uh, sorry, tough luck, ma'am. So listen, we'll be needing the rest of your bet at your earliest convenience. Huh. As a VIP, of course, we know you're good for it. But the other 250 chips, we'll uh, we'll need those rather soon.
4: 250? Okay. Yeah, by when?
2: Well, I mean, surely you can just go cash out right now, can't you?
4: No, actually, yeah, I can. I got like... 850 gold on me.
2: And they all like kind of chuckle. They're like, oh, good one, ma'am. She's funny.
4: And then I I do.
2: So you go to cash out. When uh, you arrive at the table, you realize that each chip is worth 100 gold.
4: Wait, what? (laughs) Okay, wait. Sorry. Explain this again
2: to me. Actually. So you were given five chips when you yeah, arrived. Yeah, yeah. You never checked into the value of those chips. Yeah. You won 50 chips from a lucky hand of poker. Uh, you then went to the high roller suite where they just took what you had, which was 50 yeah. chips. Uh, you went all in or on a 300 chip bet.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So now they've cashed your 50 chips, but they require the other 250 chips, which they assume you have because you're in the high roller suite. <laughs> so everyone in here, there's kind of an honor system of like, we're all super rich anyway, and this is just for funsies. So okay. why wouldn't we so have this
4: 25000
2: so like check your pockets, um, <laughs> maybe check between the couch cushions.
4: This is so embarrassing, but I actually left the rest of my money back in my room. And they're all As like, oh, a VIP, oh, you that, know I'm good for oh, it, that, right? that happens. It does, well, right? It's like,
2: I left gold bars in my other pants recently. <laughs> oh,
4: so embarrassing, isn't oh, it? so embarrassing. I'm so glad that you all understand. So I'll be right back.
2: Great, great. And life. the dealer's like, of course. And I, I know this isn't a problem, uh, but as you know, it is uh, hotel policy that if we don't receive the chips within a two hour time mm-hmm. frame, that of course the sole sphere is uh, subject to to penalty. So uh, thank you. And uh, we will see you soon.
4: See you within those two hours for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I Hurry out. <laughs> On the way, I, I spot Quinny and just like grab him by the arm.
3: Ah, uh, so you lost it, huh? Oh, that's all right.
4: Yeah, no. It was um, free
3: free money anyway, right? I may
4: have made a mistake.
3: What do you mean? What are you talking about?
4: I owe them 25000 For? if I don't give it to them within two hours, I lose my soul.
3: So, Quinny, I don't know why this keeps happening, but no drink. Does a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You owe them how much?
4: 25000 Look. How much ha- time do we look, have look, look, before
3: look. your soul is annihilated?
4: Two hours. It's only a tenth of my soul, but yet, no, I want it. I want it.
3: Okay, uh, I can try to win it back.
4: This is what you do, right?
3: <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I think we should spend maybe the next like hour and a half trying to get you money and the last 30 minutes trying to kill everyone in this entire awards <laughs> ceremony.
4: Yeah, okay, no, that, that's
2: good.
3: Cut to Brynn. So the waiter
2: comes up on the elevator you know, she looks very much like any of the other waitstaff you've seen. She's bringing, like, a bunch of towels, so she has an excuse to be up here. then told me that uh, you wanted to see me.
0: Yes, I'm Bryn. What's your name?
2: My name is Teddy.
0: Hi, Teddy. I've learned through the grapevine... That you have been uh, striking up a little bit of a romance with one of the security guards.
2: It's early days, but, you know, we do get along very well. We're both fans of so many of the touring plays. We both love Law & Order. It's great. And she starts going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Teddy, um, what does your superior think of your relationship with the security guard?
2: You know, we're, we're temporary staff here, so it shouldn't cause any real trouble.
0: No real trouble? No,
2: no, we're not doing anything untoward.
0: Well, how do they feel about you sneaking into the security room to have these secret dates?
2: All the color drains from her face. Can you roll me an intimidation check, please? Thirteen total. Well, she rolled real low, so she's like, look, they can't know about that.
0: I will keep this information from going anywhere if you do me a couple little favors.
2: Okay, what kind of favors?
0: If you could get me some time in that security room, because clearly you have access.
2: She can get you into the security room, but she can't clear it out for you.
0: I need to know if you've heard any rumblings as to uh, who the thief Guild champion is going to be.
2: She says she doesn't know that, but the word on the street is that Chaz and Riker both know.
0: Where is Chaz right now? Do you know?
2: Her guess would be he's overseeing the uh, formation of the dream for the arena tonight, but that he'll probably be out on the floor later. He likes to do laps of the facilities. So
0: So he should be going to the casino soon-ish?
2: Yes, that would be her guess.
0: Great. Teddy, this is wonderful. I will call you when I need uh, that little security favor.
2: She looks so ill and just like with trembling hands passes you towels. Thank you. Please yell us a good review on Yelp. So the elevator opens, uh, she gets on, and Bobbert steps off.
1: Is there a spider in our common area? Like, I look around. Yes. And then I'm like, hey, why don't we go talk over here? Uh, And I just open the door to my room. Sure. So we go in the room, and I'm like, okay, your dad gets the thiefy. It's going straight to him, but it gets teleported in on, like, day three. So we can't touch that beforehand.
0: I've learned that Chaz is likely going to be in the casino in the next little bit. So we might want to try and we need to get his attention.
1: I've got an idea. And I I reach over and I I take my little magic bell uh, and I ring my magic bell. And shows up rather quickly, but she looks very harried. Like clearly this is a, a busy time for her. And, and Sorry about this. Okay, this might be a weird request. But, they all are from you folks, but sure. <laughs> okay, what I need is a selection of t-shirts that say The Forsaken with cool badass logos on them. Uh, I'm going to need like a stand that we can set up uh, and some space around the casino floor, like somewhere cool where we could do like a signing for like a celebrity. She <laughs> sighs ever so gently, but in the most like customer service, okay, sir, I'll
2: see what we can do way you know, it's funny. We actually had a guy asking to buy Forsaken shirts earlier. This might prove to be a very profitable venture.
1: Do you know what? If you can do this fast, we'll cut you in. 50% of the profits go right back to you, my friend. All of a sudden, like, hospitality anti drops and, like, shark anon comes out she's
2: like all right yeah i can hook you up and uh she um pulls out her thaumaturgical cell phone and starts
1: barking orders into it nice and i'm like uh, one of the big selling points for the forsaken pirate pit fight champion so let's let's lean she's into like that. she's doing that thing where she's like wait wait yeah yeah hang on sorry what pirate pit fight
2: yeah pirate pit fight no with a p
1: pit <laughs> pit fight champion i'm imagining her outfit has changed into like a three-piece suit and she's going like full <laughs> wall street broker just yelling the yeah. And i'm i turned to bryn and i'm like we could make this a big deal quinny Probably talk this up like nobody's business. If there's one thing that guy's good at, it's complimenting me. So I'm betting everybody on that floor is going to want these T-shirts. and we can make that a huge deal when Chaz goes by. Listen, I'm sure this goes without saying, but you want all black on these shirts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Black, like white logos, red. It's sharp things. Like basically think what an idiot douchebag would like and then make that because I'm an idiot douchebag and I fucking hate myself. Yeah, I need you to get the Wahlberg special going. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps talking on her uh, Thaumma Churchill cell phone, like steps into the elevator and uh, and is gone. The moment they got that up, we'll go down, we'll do signings of t-shirts and you can talk about how cool I am. Oh, man, this is going to be the best day ever.
0: I also managed to get access into the security room. Not private access, but we can get in there if we need to.
1: Let's just find out what Quinny and Alan are doing. I'm sure they've nailed it down there and nothing got complicated. Smash cut. What table are you at, Quinny? The cut
3: uh, Shells, Quinny has just finished breathing into and out of a paper bag. <laughs>
4: all
3: right, we need to maximize our time and split up. You're really, really smart. I don't want you to get freaked out about the loss at the poker table. That's okay. a completely different thing.
4: Because you I, were all black and I went all in. Oh, that's right, right?
3: That's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> Forget that. Forget okay. about that, okay? It's in the past, it's okay. So I gave her two of my chips. And I'd like to spend, I think, some stress to do a little bit of backtrack. The hells it, yeah. Okay. All right. This is a great big kind of event. So I've probably spotted some thieves that like I know and I recognize and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that we actually are on good terms together. And I'd like to just maybe take a couple minutes to, as a group, very quickly educate Alan on card counting, specifically at blackjack tables. This is how we need to split the difference. Okay, you're really okay. smart. You're going to do the card counting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try and do bluffing and deception at the poker table and see if I can catch people's bluffs and play off of that. That's how we're gonna maximize our chips and okay. try and win as many as we can. We like as a group talk about like hedging your bets and like if it seems too dangerous, that's fine. Excuse yourself, go to another table, that kind of thing. Don't get in too deep, don't like get baited into going all in and stuff like that. Old one-eyed stink is there. He actually is. Yeah, he was yeah, in okay. my NPC book. Oh, He's great. definitely
2: on, on site. <laughs> okay. Um you know, you find old one-eyed stink because his logo is just like an eye with smelly lines above it. He seems kind of secretly chuffed to be training Alan, who he robbed blind last time <laughs> he saw it. I'm gonna give this to you for three stress. You're
3: Criminal connections check is uh, just. I know someone who can connect me with other criminals.
2: So, all right. So, uh, I'm going to knock it down to two because you have that. So, awesome. we're going to say you're utilizing that.
3: Can you roll me a sleight of hand check, please? I'll let you do it at advantage because you've got people helping. Oh, awesome. So That's a nat one, so we'll we'll use lucky to re-roll that. 15. So plus 10 is 25. Alan, can you please roll me an intelligence
2: save?
4: 21.
2: The deception part of it doesn't make any sense to you. Mm -hmm. It's just since you didn't know the rules anyway, you kind of think this is just how the game is played. And you're like, oh, your job is to count where the card. I was like, oh, okay. Well, no one told me that I just had to (laughs) chase the ace all the way through the deck. (laughs) Fine. Okay. Um, So uh, within minutes, you're Rain Man level card capable. So to uh, I assume montage music now
3: so that you're we're from not trainer
1: On the podcast doing 20 minutes so, of audio so, gambling. <laughs> so I, I would just like to know though, Quinny, what's your song for this montage? But Alan, what's your song for oh. this montage?
4: For some reason it's Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. I don't know why, but it's right. twice
2: in one Zoolander. adventure. Yeah, yeah. Zoolander.
3: Quinny knows that he had to like really soften the blow of the severity of the situation to Alan. So his montage music is just the sound of him screaming internally. <laughs> Just wide-eyed at a poker table. So it's Creed. It's Creed. It is Creed. It's can you take me higher to 250,000
2: chips or dollars. You start making your way around uh, working the tables. Old One-Eyed Stink and a couple of your other uh, companions are helping where they can. It's going well, but you find you're still kind of behind. So you sit down at a table with someone who seems to just be like flicking a, a chip back and forth. They've got a VIP chip. Looking around at all the other tables, this looks like your only chance to win what you need in one go. You sit down, the person's sort of in like a nice blue robe. It's kind of like a loungy robe. Okay. That player seems to be the one with a bunch of chips, and those couple players are kind of like mid-range. I uh, I sidle up to the table and ask to be dealt in. Can you please roll me a sleight of hand check with advantage because Alan's helping you cheat. 25 again. Great, and uh, Alan, can you roll me an arcana check, please? Sure.
4: 22.
2: Quinny, Your Delta fairly good hand. Okay. Um, Alan was able to track the cards pretty well. You're betting comfortably. The other player seems to be betting comfortably as well. You're not sure that this is the hand to take you all the way through, but time is ticking, and to kind of your surprise, you see the man in the blue robe push all of his chips in and then look at you and nod. Can
3: I get a read on him whatsoever? Can you roll me a perception check? Lucky, thank God. I rolled another nat one, dear listener. Let's re-roll that. 17. You're not sure, but that seems like
2: a weird reverse tell. It's just a a, a nod in your direction, like a knowing nod in your direction. Fuck it. I match the bet. (laughs) You match the bet.
4: I'm just like biting my fingers.
2: (laughs) Dealer flips the final card. You're looking at your hand. It's not great. It's not a great hand to be in on. But then the man in blue puts his cards down, slides them into the middle of the table and folds.
3: What the hell, man? So Dealer's like,
2: hey, good work. Pushes a bunch of chips to your way. And as uh, the man in blue gets up and walks away, he says, I
3: hope you remember this. Does this face recognition shit work for everyone else but me? (laughs) I hand hand the chips over to Alan immediately and say, take care of this, okay? As Alan uh, walks away, (laughs) the man walks to the door, turns around,
2: and briefly clicks off the uh, mirage. You see your pal, not Pete, with just the beginnings of a mustache. Oh, shit! But then disappears and walks (laughs) off into the (laughs) crowd. What was his symbol? A bag that looked like it was holding lots of things. There's a little gnome arm sticking out of it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, not peace. <laughs> I'm holding my head because my mind just got blown.
2: Alan, you walk back into the high roller thing. And of course, like for you, this has just been like the craziest two hours of your life. For them, they're still playing like just the regular hand. (laughs) They're like, so did you leave it in your other set of pants? I do that all the time. Is it in your shoe? Sometimes when I lose things, they're in my shoe.
4: A hilarious story. My cat ate it. Oh,
2: (laughs) I bet that cat's dead. And they take your chips. (laughs) That is what I was thinking. (laughs) And uh, they offer you your seat back. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a great time. You enjoyed the show. And just to let you know, big fight later tonight. Oh, yeah, we're Forsaken's fighting. You should bet on the him. Forsaken,
2: I've never heard of him.
4: He's pretty tough. Oh wait! He's gonna win.
2: Is he that guy who has the booth? And you turn around, and there's been like a hastily constructed booth that you fail to recognize as you were running around. Uh, and you can see the butthole striding proudly up to it and sitting down behind it. And Bryn is kind of standing by the side, looking less than impressed. And just rube
3: after rube lined up to buy a yeah. t-shirt. Yeah,
1: and you can hear from a distance that I've changed my voice because I don't want to be recognized for my voice as a giant guy. So I'm over there being like, "I
3: am the forsaken,"
1: oh and, uh, and next <laughs> true
2: it. champion of the. The bard from before is now wearing a black forsaken shirt and playing "Wake Me Up" inside on the lute. Ah, excellent! That sounds
1: beautiful. <laughs> it's the music of my soul. <laughs> Three Leaf has already bought four shirts. <laughs> I sign one for him. <laughs> it was black on black. You can't read it. I sign in red. It's all blood. Like, and it, it's a pot full of blood that I got Anna yeah. to bring. How <laughs> you, much stress for the pot full of blood? I was going to say you were you were actually alarmed that that was the easiest thing for her to procure. <laughs> well, I mean, she probably got it ready when she thought I was a vampire <laughs> hey that's actually pretty
2: good <laughs> the booth does have a long lineup around it Brine is standing there looking gently frustrated Queenie and alan you make your way over to uh, catch up with the team and fill them in on your adventures it's up to you how much of this you tell them of course
3: we definitely hyped you up and believe me i think the people that are most excited about you in this match are your kind of people
1: excellent what is that this is my voice I am the forsaken. All right. Yeah, no, that works. Goblin Jr.'s like, snarf, snarf.
3: Why you, Goblin Jr.? Snarf.
0: All right. They've been doing it for the past half hour.
3: Snarf. Very sorry. Speak of the goblin and he shall appear. (laughs) Oddly enough, that
2: proves to be prophetic as as, uh, Chaz enters the uh, casino floor. You can tell he's kind of doing the rounds. He recognizes a lot of the people who come to the Thiefies every year use the same icon. So sort of greeting people and welcoming them and that sort of thing.
1: And we've got like a speed portrait thing set up next to it where people can pay to get a portrait done with them, or they can get portraits done with either Slaughter Gore or Blood Punch. But we have, like, large chains to both attaching them to the table so they can't be stolen.
0: (laughs) We know that the only way to find out about who the fighter is is through Chaz or Dad. Let's try Chaz first.
3: Yeah, okay. Uh, There he is. (laughs) Do you know Chaz at all, Bryn? Like...
0: I've stolen from him. I don't know him.
3: Does he know you've stolen from him?
0: No.
1: I talk to Three Leaf, who's right beside me, and I'm like, let's
0: get a free portrait for
2: you, small friend. A free portrait? Oh, man. All Three Leaves are firing on luck today.
1: (laughs) And I just pick him up. And I go to the portrait area, and I hoist him directly over my head, and I just yell, Death to the fighter Guild!
2: Chaz kind of looks your way, and you've seen a lot of surprise and horror on goblins' faces, mm. usually because you're, like, murdering or, or mm-hmm. torturing them. But occasionally, you've also seen, like, surprise and curiosity when you're unionizing and or sainting them. This is the latter. So uh, you see Chaz kind of smile, and uh, he makes his way over, and he says, Oh, the Forsaken, hmm? You are correct, pirate pit
1: fight champion of the
2: seas. Oh, fighting pirates. It's always fun. They die easy like everyone else I've ever fought. So these are your fans, huh? And He looks at, like depressing line of
1: people. These are the ones here for T-shirts. Ah, yes. T-shirts. A very lucrative market, that. You're correct. The merchandising's through the roof, but always the best money's on the betting. I've never lost. Well, that's interesting. It's a shame you're not fighting. I agree. But perhaps
2: we could change that fact. (laughs) Can you roll me a persuasion? I guess.
0: So stupid.
2: (laughs) (laughs) 18 total. Bryn, you're watching this train wreck happen in slow motion. Mm -hmm. What do you do?
0: I come up to Chaz and say, listen, man. I've been watching this guy. He's pretty formidable, and he's gained a really big following amongst the
1: thieves. I still haven't set three leaf down, so I've been talking while holding him over my head. Can you roll me a strength save? Yes, I can. Jesus. 16 total. Your arms are starting to tremble a bit. He's heavier (laughs) than he looked. That's fine. It's a speed portrait. I'm going to set him down real soon.
2: (laughs) Chaz looks at you, Bryn, and he, he notices the nightingale pin, and he says, Oh, Riker's kid. And then he notices the Unseen Hand badge, and he's like, really? You joined up with them?
0: It's more of a distractionary tactic.
2: Oh, very clever. You didn't seem brainless enough to follow Reginald Antebellum around. It's
0: never wise.
2: He does spend well, as do his parents. (laughs) And then he literally reaches into his pockets and throws coins in here. Yes. The people in line pick them up. A lot of the gamblers just leave them because they're high rollers and such. I Uh, set
1: Three Leaf down and say, get yourself a coin, little boy. (laughs) And he goes, yay. He's like, oh, I love gold. I I gotta tell you that's enough thanks Uh, (laughs) and I just shove him gently away
2: he goes to the back of the line for the fifth time so Chaz turns back to you and um, (laughs) I just realized I'm Colm Wilkinson (laughs)
3: yeah that's what it is
0: oh boy so listen Chaz I think you might have a bit of a revolt on your hands if these rubes don't get the fighter they want and they're pushing pretty hard for the forsaken
2: can you roll me uh, let's say a persuasion check please Fifteen total. So he's looking around and he's nodding and he says, Honestly, the last few times the Thieves Guild fighter hasn't been very good. The Fighters Guild wins most of the matches. And it makes people rather twitchy, but I suppose this, uh... Sorry, sir, what was your name again?
1: I am the Forsaken, also known as the Godless Monster. Oh, yeah, that would look good on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, well, um, let me talk to my people. But what are the odds going on this guy right now? Because as you know from my earlier mention of loving money, yes. I don't like to lose.
0: So my associate Quinny has been taking the odds of the room.
3: That'd be me. Ah, Quinny. Look at the people lining up for him, okay? There's a lot of money to be made here. You're a thief, right? You come from thief stock? Well, I mean, not officially, but don't we all? And he winks like very obviously. I feel like we wink at the same time. Ah, nice. Yeah.
2: Well, he's certainly. It looks popular said, and you're sure things will go my way if I bet appropriately.
3: Absolutely they will. I hope so. Uh, I wouldn't want to be
2: disappointed. Let me speak to my people and see what I can arrange.
3: That sounds great. Quinny's especially delighted that he may not have to get beat up on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still aware of the possibility.
4: <laughs> Are you Bane or Colm Wilkinson? Which why is why it?
1: choose? Bane Wilkinson. <laughs> Bane Wilkinson. I'm Colm Wilkinson wearing the Bane mask. <laughs> okay. As he did in all the productions of Les Mis. He was the worst <laughs> phantom. <laughs> <laughs> the phantom of The operas here. I control the music (laughs) of the night. Uh, Rise up against the opera.
0: Listen, man, who is the other fighter? What's worth to you? What are you asking for?
2: Well, I have been troubled of late. Uh, There is a thief known as the Fox who has been hitting a few of my uh, holdings in other provinces. Now, I understand and have been assured by your father that this is a, uh, how shall we put it, expendable part of the organization. You provide me with their name and perhaps I'll give you one in return.
3: I know the Fox's name. Well... I know what symbol the fox is wearing.
2: What does the fox say?
0: <laughs> I think we might be able to make that work.
3: All right. You give them the name. I uh, point over to Three Clover and say, that's the fox right there. <laughs>
1: The
0: Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
2: Are you emotionally exhausted? Do you have strong feelings about authoritarian power structures? Have you ever stared up at the night sky and felt tiny and alone? If so, ask your doctor about Wolf 359, the award-winning sci-fi audio fiction podcast by Kinda Evil Genius Productions. Side effects may include strange genetic experiments, unreliable AI systems, the potential discovery of
3: alien life, and toothpaste. Find Wolf 359 wherever you listen to podcasts and visit wolf359.fm to learn more.